and gentlemen, welcome back to another rousing rendition of what we like to call the Brethren Podcast. That's Brethren Like Bread, B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N, because we always talking about our bread and we always getting bread. And when I say we, I always must give a shout out and honor to my fellow co-host, Dr. Jamu Loving, Ph.D., and Destrian Wells. Uh, how are you gentlemen doing this evening? Doing great. Doing great. Man, outstanding, bro. That's a blessing and a bit. Um, as we always do, definitely want to give a shout out to everybody and say welcome to season two. If you haven't listened to episode one of season two, which is what, episode 10, go listen to it. It's it's, it's, it's live right now. It's how we bring it in uh, the new theme. I guess we're going to call it for the, for this season, which is we're going to focus a little bit more on the personal side of things. Um, but we still, you know, still doing what we normally do. If you're not familiar with what that is, go back and listen to season one, episodes one through nine. Um, but in true brethren fashion, we always uh, raise our glasses. So we'll start with, you know what? We'll start with DJ. We, we, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. But uh, for kicks, mm. what's in the glass, my man? Again, man, consistency is key. Um, tonight we're continuing the the, the tradition. Uh, in honor of Nissy helps it, man. The uh, the marathon continues, and I will continue to drink this Hennessy with a splash of Coke for the duration of the season, unless uh, otherwise deemed necessary by uh, either Hennessy Masters Blend or White Hennessy, which I plan to reintroduce to the crowd very soon. That's okay. going. It's going to be a special we, day. We got a forecast. When they hear something different, oh my goodness, they gonna it's gonna be a problem, man. People are gonna uh, fall. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there will be anything different. Doctor, uh, take it. I'll take Dr. a picture Levy. of the bar right now, man. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Levy. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, in um, in observance of the recent tragedy in Kentucky, in Kentucky with the Jim Beam factory catching on fire, I have uh, I decided to go ahead this time and, and instead of doing um, my other uh, choices and, and whiskeys, I, cho- I chose Jim Beam bourbon. It's nice, man. I'm I'm, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. Jim Beam. So Jim Beam and uh, Coke Zero. Cause I'm watching my figure. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, righty then. Well, you know what? <laughs> Welcome to the dog side because I uh, I just pulled out the last of my Jim Beam bottle, um, to which I will follow that up with the Bastille 1789 uh, that I'm trying to finish off. Will you? Uh, and I also have will a uh, a Golden Pilsner. Oh. And do you also have the 89 Fleetwood Broham Cadillac? Indeed, gentlemen. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Cheers to a wonderful conversation, knowledge being dropped and bread being broken. Cheers, man. And the Jim Beam goes down. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) last week, we talked about uh, creating balance, which was, you know, a good a good foundation for what we're trying to, you know, make as, like I said, the theme for this season. Uh, but tonight we're going to tackle a subject that is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, and it's becoming more of a reality uh, for some is 
the side hustle and we're going to kind of look at can you side hustle your way to financial freedom and what you're currently doing is is it a business or is it a side hustle we're going to kind of get into it to see you know what, what you know which which side do you fall into and some some steps to take to um increase productivity if you will but dr Lovin, i'm gonna throw it to you uh to give us your usual outline okay well um in, in terms of uh in terms of side hustling or really anything that you have going the questions you have to ask yourself are you know why am i doing this right and i think the the reason you have to ask yourself that is a lot of times with any extra work where you're trying to get some money it's I've created expenses for for myself. So, um, you know, the, my first little question was, hey, why the side hustling in? Are you hustling to pay for things that are too expensive? You know, should you restructure your expenses? And then um, if you're if you're in a couple, and so sort of harkening back to last week and a lot of the relational um, aspects that we talked about, um, setting expenses to one income and, and why you might do something like that as you are thinking about side hustling within your overall framework of getting goals accomplished and all of the season one stuff we talked about. And then, you know, I'd really like to hear about, we're going to talk about some inventive sort of side hustles and opportunities that are out there and, you know, what you should think about when you're trying to decide besides your regular job, what's going to be that next thing that you do to try to bring in some money and how do you pick the thing to do and then um, this, this one is always one of my favorites and it's um, making your money hustle for you so investing and then creating passive income in the future so not only are you hustling but the um, the fruit that you have borne in terms of the investments that you can now put away or the savings that you can use to garner you interest, what, how uh, well are those things working for you and what things are out there that can make them work better? So we got a nice little start here. Oh, most definitely. And as, as, as anybody knows, we usually, we, we, you know, like a, like a, like a, like a PK exposed and people that don't know what a PK is a preacher's kids. Uh, we laid out the points like a sermon and uh, we may not hit them all. But you're going to get the message. Uh, but, DJ, I'm going to throw it to you. But the thing that I definitely want to throw your way is um, as far as the distinction between the two and the power that it speaks into being is if you consider it a side hustle, then, you know, mentally that's all it can be. But if you look at your ter- at your side hustle in terms of it's an actual business, then it has the potential to grow. But I wanted to throw it to you with that with that basis, and um, for you to kick us off because you had some points that you wanted to make um, off rip. But it was it was just basically making that 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 big distinction between the two, um, and how powerful it is on you know, not necessarily categorizing, but making sure the distinction of okay what I'm doing. You may look at it as a side hustle, but for me, it's a business because we all know that that can be one of those detrimental things. We talked about it last season of just how people perceive things or how you perceive them on your own. So um, that's the point I'm going to throw to you, but go ahead. You can take it. Well, I think what you make is a, uh, you make a great point. I think Dr. Levin also uh, very uh, astutely pointed out numerous uh, things that we need to focus on and address. One of the first things that I like to talk about quickly and briefly is this. Words matter. 
presentation matters. The the manner in which we present ourselves and the way in which we uh, leverage our words, they matter. And as much as we may think that they don't, they do. So when you tell someone, um, for, for example, I'll use you, uh, Arthur. I'll, I'll, I'll deviate from what my plan comments may have been. But if you tell me, hey, you know, I do websites on the side. I'm going to immediate, let's say I have a legitimate business and I'm serious about what it is I want to do. I'm going to immediately think that the time and attention that you're going to give me is limited. So your words matter. I'm also going to think that if you're going to diminish the value of your brand or your business or hustle or whatever you want it to be, I shouldn't value it as much as maybe I thought I should have. So the way in which we present things matter uh, very, very much so, and that they're significant because it is the first thing that folks see or hear. Um, maybe they find your web presence or not, but when they speak to you, they have a living, breathing example of what the experience is like when dealing with you. So expectation and presentation is critical. The difference between a side hustle and a business comes down to to very simple terms. Is there is there a plan in place? Can you monetize that plan? And I'm not saying that everyone has to because maybe you have something that's for a humanitarian effort, but can you scale it? If you can't answer those questions, you have some you have some issues. There are some other things that you kind of uh, alluded to or talked about when Dr. Loving made some comments and, and you made a few too. If you're in a relationship, if you have a partner, you know, is your partner on board with that plan because it matters how your partner and the people that are surrounding you present that as well. It's the same thing. Everyone is a walking referral. They're a marketing tool for you. So I think one of the things that we really have to really be conscious of and cognitive of when we're going into a, a, a space where we're presenting ourselves as a business, do I have a plan? Do I have a means by which I deliver? Is there a standard operating procedure? Um, are things like Dr. Loving has said in the past, are they automated and turnkey in order for me to deliver the things to you that I've promised or said that I would in my mission statement on my website or what have you? A business looks very similar to that. A side hustle is piecemeal. It's, I make money from time to time doing this arbitrarily, and people think I'm fairly good at it. Now, I'm not knocking anyone who does that, but some, at some point you have to make your mind up. You have to transition. And in order to transition, you have to put together a plan. And if that plan doesn't include how you monetize it or give it back to humanity for a greater cause, you're really not doing much except hustling. Now, you made the uh, the comment in your opening remarks around the difference between the two and how we may see them. But it's more important uh, that our listeners know how that they see those two things because it's very on a frequent basis, someone may think that they have a business that's really a side hustle. 
And if you can't legitimize yourself by showing articles of incorporations, if you can't legitimize yourself by saying that I'm a limited liability corporation or a uh, I'm incorporated or S corp or what have you, and I file taxes with the state, the city, I'm recognized, etc. For all intents and purposes, as as well as you may be operating, you do have a hustle. A business is mutually recognized by the state in which it operates in as well as potentially surrounding bodies. So there are some there are some steps that you need to take to make sure you legitimize yourself so that number one, you're achieving uh the maximum protection for yourself, but you're also achieving the maximum tax benefit as well. So there those are two things that you want to make sure you're doing. That's that's the difference between the hustle and the business. The hustle will bring you income. The business will bring you security, tax savings, um, earnings, and also an ability to become a pillar of the community that people mutually recognized as as legitimate. And it's not again, it's not knocking the uh, it's not knocking the side hustle, but you need to really understand the benefits of to legitimizing yourself and becoming a business. Yeah. Most definitely, um, Doc. I'm gonna throw it to you, but I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I gotta always yeah. throw my curveball into it. But real quick, hustle is a verb, force to move hurriedly or unceremoniously in a specified direction. Kind of like defining phenomena and making an act in the desired manner. I just always like to, you know, what I'm saying throw those, mm-hmm. throw those uh, Easter eggs in as they call them sometimes. But um, let's go ahead and knock one out the park, Doc. And I'm gonna throw it to you with scalability, um, because yeah. we all know that you know. A good business can always, uh, a great business, a good business, an amazing business, an awesome business, most definitely can come from a side hustle. You can yeah. start, you know, braiding hair in the in the living room and, you, you know, work your way up and now you own the shop. So with, with that in mind, that's, let's, 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 let's go ahead and knock yeah. this one out the park. Scalability, Doc. I'm yeah, and, and that, you know, I, I don't want, because Destrian is talking about things that that this is the way the direction you want to go and sometimes for some people depending on where you are in the overall process man that could seem like it's an ocean away all right so i want to break it down to the simplicity for you right sometimes it starts with just a hustle man a gig somewhere anything that you can do that is actually bringing in income you know in excess of what it's costing to do I, I i love my my folks that are that are rapping but it's not necessarily even a hustle yet if you can't bring money in doing it that's you know it's not that it's not that there's anything wrong with that it may you know hobbies hobbies are great and i'm not saying it's even just a hobby it might be a business eventually that's just starting out in its infancy but i'm saying when you're talking about a hustle and what you're going to do with it, most of the time you're talking about bringing some income in. And a lot of times these hustles come out of the feeling of uh, initially um, um, necessity because you put yourself in a position where your bills are too high for your current level of income with your, you know, your regular job. And so now you got to bring in, do something to bring in some additional money just to meet bills. And I would always encourage you, we have other episodes that we talk about this, but, you know, recognize that 
in the long term, nothing is fixed. You can switch anything. You can. You don't have to have the same type of car payment that you have. You don't have to have the same high rent number amount that you have. Those things can be changed over time, right? And also, your income is something that can change. You might make a certain amount from your job, but then as we're talking about here, whether it's a side hustle that you develop into a business, something else where you just are, are starting out, any way you're making additional money to help make ends meet, but then go beyond that to potentially put yourself in a position where you're not having to do additional activity to make ends meet. So part of that is making sure you fix your expenses and understand how much you can spend versus how much you have to bring in to accomplish the things that are going now. Also to feed your dream and your business that you have in mind going forward. Right? So a lot of this is like, okay, you know, you're evolving towards this whole process of having your, your own company, having your own business and being in a position now where you can start to make decisions with what it is that you have. And so um, I didn't, I didn't want to lose that uh, just as we were developing and going forward in, in the, um, in the whole uh, evolution of the story, but it's important to recognize that it, you know, just because you don't have it all figured out right now, doesn't mean you can't start your way on the process. A lot of times people suffer from grandiosity. You hear it in every sort of realm, right? I'm I'm, I'm going to start going to church when I'm when I feel like I'm living right, right? I'm gonna go to the doctor when this uh, ailment goes away and I'm starting to feel better. Uh, I, I'm going to uh, start saving money when I get some sort of windfall, right? All of these things instead of just getting the process started. And so I want to encourage you to, you know, get off, get off the couch at least and start and start moving towards where you want to go so that you can develop what it is that you want to do and, and go forward from there. Right. And as well as think about, hey, let me make sure I'm not um, uh, <laughs> put myself in a position where I can't control my expenses. And, you know, that's that brings me to the, the topic. And that was the question of scalability. Once you get to the point that you've built something out where you've started to think about a great idea, you have to recognize that your time is limited, right? You only have 24 hours of, in a day, and you only have your limited productivity within those hours. And if this is a, a second job for you, those hours are even limited. So now you have to think about what is it that I can do? to make sure that I'm most effective with the time that I have. And is this the type of business where I can lend some effort, some time, and then get a little bit more out of it? It's depending on the type of, uh, of uh, side sort of business you choose, that's going to be more or less possible. But you have to think about automation. I know I bring this up in every time we, um, you know, in, in pretty much every sort of, uh, direction that you can bring it up, but it's true. Like to the extent that you organize and schedule things, right, and sequentially figure things out, now you can put them in a position where you uh, you automate them and you save yourself some time. So once you figure out precisely what makes your business tick, you can make it more efficient and you can leverage your efforts because of it. So some things might not seem readily scalable at the onset. But as you learn more about what it is that you're doing, man, 
always seek to automate, always seek to look to uh, give yourself more time to now pursue the next most productive thing in your overall business. And so um, that that would be my sort of direction on that. I know I've moved around a little bit on that topic, but. No, you, you did what you do and you do it well. DJ, I want to um, throw it to you because we're going we gonna to help round this out because Doc just knocked scalability out the, out the park. But along with that, scalability is something very uh, tangible that people can uh, do, which is, you mentioned it, I believe, which is the business model. Um, so I want you to speak a little bit towards the towards the point of taking a hustle and applying the business model to a hustle in terms of making it scalable so that people can see the vision themselves of, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm, you know, I, I cut hair in the basement, um, you know, just because that's, that's what I'm available to do right now. And we, like we, like we say, we're not knocking nobody's hustle because that's what a hustle is. You are, you are doing something to get to a direction and we just having the conversation to say, okay, you making money and you know, your bills paid. Let's, let's get beyond that because we, you know, we, we, we've always said that the goal was financial freedom and wealth community building and collaboration right. and you know all of all of these all of these basic fundamentals of of just creating a utopia of uh of utopia you know look at look it up if you don't know what it is but it's just overall well-being for everybody involved and in, in, in the surroundings um but let's let, let, let's apply a business model to to these hustles so that people can see their their hustle be scaled into a business because some people may not have that vision some people may like doc said think it's overwhelming you know, are we, you know, are just like people, just like myself, I'm a procrastinator. I'm not afraid to say it where it's like, I'll start doing this when this happens. I'll start doing this when this happens. It's kind of like you set this alarm, but that time don't come, especially not, you right. know what I'm saying? Because you, you said it, you said it to, you, you deliberately said it to something that's you kind of based on your comfort. Exactly. I'll save money one side, you know, yeah. like, like Doc said, once I hit this windfall. But you know that windfall is kind of off. You know it's kind of right. off and off into the sunset. You can see it, but you know it ain't nothing you drifting up on because right now you sitting there and ain't no wind blowing in your sailboat. But um, right. so that, that, that's the point I'm gonna throw to you, the angle that I'm gonna throw to you. Go ahead, man. Well, I think we said things based on comfort uh, for for a number of reasons, but for the sake of uh, responding to the uh, specific question. If if you if you take a opportunity and evaluate how people do business and why they do business, people really only do business for uh, a few reasons, and most other things are ancillary. Number one is emotionally something connects to them to choose your brand or product over another. For all intents and purposes, the best products are mostly the same. They all do the same thing. Nothing di differentiates the other except the message. So one of the things that I would encourage, you know, uh, our entrepreneurs, our side hustlers, our folks that are trying to establish and grow businesses or brands, what is your message? Does it resonate with people? And does it speak to who you are? and what you want your brand to be about because whether you know it or not, you have a message in the marketplace and it's saying something. 
a large problem that uh that I that I see is that brands are saying things that they don't want to say. Or they're aligning themselves or supporting things that they don't want to support. You know, if you are if you're a go green type of person, you probably shouldn't be affiliated with certain things. If you are a socially conscious and responsible person, you know, firearms and tobacco is probably not your thing. But hey, by the same token, if you are an organization or individual or whomever who says, you know what, I fully support XYZ Amendment and I think the right to bear arms is front and center for me and I want to be in front of that, and you have every opportunity to get in front of that and support it. I think that we need to align ourselves with issues that are important to us because the way of the world today is is highly politicized. And if you are not willing to take a stance, people don't trust you. I don't. I, I want to know where you stand. How do you really feel? I'd rather make a decision purchasing something bad, quote-unquote, understanding that it's something bad than to find out three months later. Tell me where you stand. And I think by doing so, you can carve out a lane for yourself. So one of the things about brands, businesses versus hustles and just ideas that haven't come to fruition is just an understanding of who you are and what you are and who you're deciding to be those things to. You know, um, if you want to get into business terms, some would call that marketing. Uh, what's your niche market? What's, uh, what's your product? What's your place? What's your people? What's, you know, you, you understand where we're going with this. But when you boil it down to a basic human level is, do you relate to me and do you have a message that uh, resonates with me and do you have a product that I would be even remotely willing to consider? Because everyone has something now. And that is the thing. In order to be competitive, you have to present yourself. And that's unique and different from uh, yesteryear. The product was the delineating factor. Now it's the person. So if you're not a person that can differentiate yourself, are you willing to have a business? Or do you just have a hustle? And if you want to move from hustle to business, how vulnerable are you willing to be in front of people in order that they know your story so that you can impact their lives in a way that they'll connect to your brand and choose you and your brand over everything else? Because from a genuine perspective, most people struggle with that. But from a marketing perspective, major corporations and companies don't have a problem with doing that. They have an entire budget to, you know, analyze what it is you like to see, want to hear, et cetera. But there is power and impact in individuals, companies, people that are out here with their side hustles that want to impact communities and grow their brands and do business and do better. They have to be willing to compete on that level and say, if I'm vulnerable as an individual, it means more to the everyday person than it does when a brand does it. And for me, it does. I just want to know who you are. Why should I listen to you and why should I purchase from you? I'll choose you over a major brand nine times out of ten every time. As long as you're professional and you're meeting the mark. 
And that's another thing we have to realize, but we can go into that a little bit later. Just being diverse doesn't guarantee you anything. You know, being diverse and standing out actually puts you on an island where you now have to perform at a, in my opinion, at a higher level. So if you're not meeting the mark, it's more, it's more glaring than it is if someone else is not. So those are all things to consider, I think, uh, Arthur. And, uh, you know, I'd be interested to hear what Ajamu has to say about that as well. We, 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 we tend to agree on some things and disagree on others in this space. Go ahead, Doctor Levin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you your chance for rebuttal. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I think in this in this case, uh, there's a a lot of agreement that I have. On, um, so when you think about what makes you want to buy something, right? A lot of mm-hmm. times it's a story, man. It's a yeah, it's emotive that, story. Yeah, it's something that it's something that sort of um, connects with you. And I think anytime you buy something, there at least is some small connection that happens there. And so to the extent that you can reach out through what it is that you are doing and tell your story in a very quick, succinct way to people who might be sympathetic uh, towards it, not just sympathetic, but also might just identify with that story or feel a certain way, like, oh, it feels opulent. You know, you look at uh, Creed, the House of Creed that makes colognes. They have all sorts of stories about the historic relevance of their family. If you look at some of these um, uh, producers of uh, fine cognacs and wines, they all have a story about their house and how um, they uh, built their vineyard and who the historical figures are. Why? Well, you know, a lot of it is because it's true and they're proud of it, but they also publicize it because people often identify with these human stories and they either see it as something they can, you know, personally relate to in the present or in the past, or they find them aspirational stories as to, you know, how they would like their family to live. And so they drink these cognacs from these fine houses or these wines from these fine houses and and, and hopes to connect with that sort of feel too and create that sort of vibe in their lives. And hopefully, if they're forward-looking, um, put themselves in a position so that their families can live similarly, right? So at the end of the day, business in terms of sales is about creating some level of connection from one person to another person or a group of people. And so um, uh, Destrian mentioned diversity in that. And there's been a lot of research on diversity and how it can actually positively impact revenue growth over revenue growth and uh, profitability in a company. And we can, we can dig all into balance sheets and income statements, or we can just go ahead and keep it simple like this. Like the world is made up of lots of different people with lots of different things that are important to them. Um, but we can only make so many different types of products and services, right? And so when you think about what it is that you bring to the table as a producer, you have your ability to make a quality product or service, and then you have the ability to sell that and tra- translate to the people who might be buying it that, hey, this is something that you ought to buy. This is something that's worthwhile as a product. This is something that we respect you as a consumer, 
and we respect you as I don't know a fellow cohabitant of the planet in some ways depending on on what the actual product is but at the end of the day the message is something that makes you say I want to be a part of this whole process I want to own the product I want to have the service I would I'm willing to be identified with working with this particular company and that's another thing Destrian brought up okay so now in this day and age you know if you you can make the wrong type of missteps in terms of uh you know you pick a uh, um a t-shirt that looks like um a, a black person in blackface with you know black big red lips or something like that. you something like that and you end up um uh, offended a large swath of the population. Damage now, control and public relations. Yeah, and you might not have even thought that you were doing something. Um, you definitely didn't think of this in a, oh, okay, well, I'm trying to insult black people way. And you thought in your own mind that you might have been enlightened and not even recognize that something is, you know, within your mind, oh, it's just a black face with red lips. But Without proper context, without the right cultural empathy, I saw a brother named uh, Andrew McCaskill, friend, full disclosure, friend of mine from Morehouse College, who is a uh, is an executive with uh, Nielsen, and he's um, he's talked about you know empathy, and an empathy on a corporate level is one of those things that can work out on and your benefit tremendously, right? Because if you have the right type of diversity within your group, you can keep from making decisions that make you look like you're culturally um, insensitive or insensitive to people in other ways, or in, you know, at worst, a, a bully. But then also, you will have within your uh, w- within your 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 um, team the ability to um, express yourself positively to a lot of the influ- influential groups that are out there. Right. And so as we think about, okay, let how do we make our message complex, but also something that people besides our closest friends can identify with and receive and say, hey, how do we do something that's scalable, that could be huge if we allow it to? It's all about having those elements in place where we, you know, we we can be diverse in our thought process. We can be um it's flexible in terms of the type of um, the 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 money that we bring in and from whom and and, and how and, um, and and leveraging technology and all of these things, right? All of it sort of plays in there, but you have to be forward looking in order to make that happen for yourself, right? There's no, unfortunately, there's no shortcut past each of these steps that we've been talking about. You have to be willing to go through them, and you know if you're pro- procrastinator like I am, you can mess around and end up taking a whole bunch of time going through each of these steps before you ever get anywhere unless you you know recognize how important the gift is that you have to give to other people, how impactful it can be for you, but also for the other people who uh might be receiving what it is that you bring to the table but that's the thing though right is Mm-hmm. I know, I, you know, like you said, you you admitted to it, I admitted to it. You know, a lot of we, a lot of us are in that space where we see a vision, we can see it beyond, you know, the current state. But we just, you know, that first step is just like, oh man, 
But let's let's talk tangibles. Let's talk tangibles here. Let's say you. No, we we, you know, we let, got let's the. Let's pause there for a second. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's pause. Because I know where I know where you finna go, but I want to throw I want to throw a tangible in there. Let's say you baking cakes, and you know, for a later date we can definitely dive into the conversation. Like we got a lot of side topics we can dive into, like accessibility versus convenience, when it comes to you know scalability of your side hustle becoming a business. Because let's say you baking cakes and you making custom cakes or custom cupcakes. Or you know custom lollipops, you know, because I, I, me personally, I know a lot of people, and I know both of you all do as well. A lot of uh, a lot of people who are who bake cakes and things now, and it's like they're good at it. They can make you a cake shaped like any cartoon character, anything you want. Really nice cakes. Cake Boss ain't the only one, but that only comes around every time there's a client, there's a job. So how do you how do you that's accessibility where it's like it like 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 Doc was saying you got that emotion connection the emotive connection where you 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 know you almost got a limited edition of something this is one of one so people are going to get it because it's one of one and on top of it is good the quality and all of that that goes along with you know running a good business but what about the convenience factor if you know how to bake cakes just bust out a couple of pound cakes now you just people know every you know whenever. We just got pound cakes going, and everybody loves a good pound cake. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. If you meet somebody that don't like a good pound cake, judge them, okay? Judge them, cause hey, you know what I'm saying. I'm just being real, but like that's that that that's the that's the kind of direction I wanted to sit a uh, sit a conversation, DJ. And I know you can pick it up where I dropped it. Is you know let's let let's let, let's talk about some tangible, serious steps because that's that's a step that you know, doesn't take that much of a push for people, you know, where, you know, the people that are procrastinators like ourselves, where it's like, ah, you know, I could, you know, especially when we talk intangible right. goods, that's, a, that's another, another big difference. Like in that, in that scenario, we talking about somebody that's making a tangible product that, you know, in itself is a little bit easier than, you know, say somebody who's in the service or, uh, you know, in a service, service oriented mm-hmm. business. Uh, but go ahead and pick it up where I dropped it, man. I mean, it would it would be great if I were to sit here and talk about things like, hey, can you evaluate what you make per unit cost and could you, you know, do X, Y, Z? But really, it, it comes down to a, a few things up front, whether I think a person even can uh, continues to do things like this or not. Number one, isn't in demand. You have to have people asking you for this. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, we often omit as business people what someone considers critical mass and what you do is different. So if if I'm a business owner and I've been a business owner and I know that I need X amount of units to achieve this uh, this profit margin or whatever, I look at things a lot differently. You see, a person with a pure passion just they 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 look at the work and i think that that's in its rawest purest form they just look at the work it's not about the money it's not about the margins it's about the work you probably have a person in their best state at that point if you can keep a person in that state and give them or partner them with somebody that'll worry about the rest of that stuff you have a dangerous combination then because you'll have someone that's looking after the business interest, but someone that's purely following the passion. It's very rare that you get that to happen. So to answer the question that you're asking, what you typically get is one person trying to manage both. 
And that's difficult because your dreams are being torn down right in front of you, right? So it's, hey, you know, I just really want to impact people. I want to help as many people as I can. And then you got a me, you got a Dr. Loving, you got an author, you got a 4046 Holdings telling them, hey, listen, you can't take this person on as a client because, you know, it's X amount of hours and it's not really yielding the benefit that you think. That person could be concerned with the social impact. So I think one of the things that we need to do, AJ, is we need to get beyond looking at just money. We need to evaluate both the economic impact and the social impact that we might be able to have with whatever initiative or effort that we're undertaking. The reason being is that a lot of times those things are mutually beneficial and they're tied together in ways that we don't see for years to come, years. From a policy standpoint, from uh, from just yeah, from a policy standpoint, we'll just leave it right there. From a policy standpoint, those things are tied together, and if we don't try to address those things simultaneously, we're not even checking one box. We're we're just leaving something half done. And as business owners or people that are moving from the side hustle to the business. I think that's a valuable lesson to learn and a, and, a, and a real place to start is by understanding, hey, if I have this side hustle and I really want to make it a business, what is the economic impact that I can have? But also, what is the social impact that I can have? Because you may be able to change your community in terms of giving people jobs, but you may be also able to change your local landscape in terms of how politicians deal with the specific demographic or area because you demand power and you have a voting block behind you that's going to listen to what you say. So there are a lot of things inherently that are built into transforming your side hustle to a business that we don't always associate with. And uh, and some of those things also include economic and political power. Because it's not just about you. It's about the demographic that looks like you, this, the community in which you grow up in, the community that you earn those funds in. And then what are you going to do with those additional funds to either reinvest in that community or move forward? Yeah. And to kind of close things out to what you said earlier, um, it is it is it is important in – every shape, form, and fashion that we are aware of our responsibility as we matriculate through these cycles of going from, okay, you know, I got a little hustle. I won't even say a little hustle because that's disrespectful. I got a hustle going on and I am, and I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. I'm trying to figure out how to do things. All right. I want to legitimize my business just because you are not in a position to legitimize your business on uh, July 15th, 2019, does not mean that you don't have a business. It means that you're in process or you're in transition. And I want to be clear about that because I don't want the uh, indication to come across that if you somehow don't have proper paperwork today that you'll never have it or you're not recognized. No, your efforts are recognized. Yeah, we definitely, we, I, I, 
real quick, I definitely want to make I definitely want to make sure we make the distinction that we're not telling people that you know because you don't have a business license hanging up in your mama's living room where you braiding hair Absolutely. right now that you are not a legitimate business. Right. This is no, a process. It's not it's not overnight. It's definitely not overnight. And if it's overnight, go you know measure twice, cut mm-hmm. once. You need to go back. Um, but mm-hmm. I want for both of y'all because you said something that triggered a thought, and this is you know I, this is how I know where we at in the program right now because uh, <laughs> you triggered you triggered a serious thought. And it may be, and it may be something that we don't all agree on. We may partially agree on it. Um, but in terms of the side hustle in the business, like you said, let's go ahead and throw the side off of it. Let's just talk about a hustle. And for those surefire hustles that people got, like, hey, I need the rent money. I got a hustle that's gonna get me the rent money. But that day comes where your hustle is not reliable. Yeah. If you are full, if you are fully reliant on your hustle for something, whatever that something is, my best advice for you is to turn that hustle into a business. Right. I don't know if we all will agree on that or not, but that, but and and I and I'm a, and I'm gonna further take it out is if you know you got a hustle that's paying your rent every month, like clockwork. Or your house. Right. Exactly. Let's scale it. Get yourself a house. Right. But I'm not ready for home ownership. Okay, fine. That's but fine. Pay your debt based off. on what you got going right now, that can be scaled up, and now you can have or surplus, savings. savings, all of the stuff. All we basically want to do here is, you know what I'm saying, we want to be – I'll save it for the after show. But we want to be that, you know, that boost. <laughs> I can call it something else, and I'll tell you what it is later. But we want to be that no. boost. We no. want to be that push that says – Next step, here's a better way of doing it because right now you're looking at the door being closed. We're going to put a peephole right here in a small window. Here's the here's the way you can get through it. Well, go, AJ, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. AJ, check it out. So most people know that the door is open. And if they told me that they didn't, I'd tell them they were lying because when I talk to them, you know, I am them and they are me. I know that they know that this door is open because when I hear them, I hear multi-million dollar ideas every day. The problem is we have so many visionaries in our community and not enough strategic thinkers. And we have to move from a place of just having a vision. And we either need to do one of two things. We need to surround ourselves with people who have the requisite skills to strategically implement our ideas and our vision, or we need to develop in ourselves because so many things are falling by the wayside from the simple idea that it's going to cost too much to do it. I hear it all the time. You know, I'm fortunate in a sense to to be surrounded by people like you guys who, you know, it, it, we don't have limitless resources, but we definitely pool the resources that we have and try to figure out ways to have more. But everybody's not in that situation. So for the person that's in a, in a, in a position or a predicament right now where you have a multi-million dollar idea and you're just struggling, how do I strategically bring this to fruition? How do I get this in front of the right people? How do I develop a plan to 
um, do this one year, three years, five years from now. That's what we're here for. That's the whole purpose of this endeavor, this podcast, this uh, this medium. It is to facilitate change in the communities in which people that look like us, but also amongst people who understand the condition that we're in. And therefore, you don't have to look like me for me to be willing to assist or help you. And that's an important factor because we have to have allies. You have to look beyond your demographic and see skill sets instead of color. You have to look beyond your demographics and see skill sets instead of uh, preference in terms of sexuality. You have to look beyond that. If you can't do that, you're not going to win in the society today. You legitimately will never have a business. If that business is not culturally and socially responsive, you're losing. People, people, people will learn, and businesses will learn that if if wind gets out that you know you don't agree with certain things or you against just one thing, you will find out just how big that that group or that you know that demographic. Even in you know, in turn, if you simple example, and we won't use anything you know in the realm, but let's say you a business and you say that. You don't want people to eat pizza to come to your business. You'll find out just how large the group of pizza eaters and people that support them are, and you'll pretty much cut yourself off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Dr. Lovett, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and you can go ahead and start wrapping up your point yeah. because it's, the, it's about know, that time to get to the after show now. I was gonna say, and you know, it, you know where I go with it, and it's always the same place, man. And it's it's at the end of the day, people are more important than things. That, I want to, hey, every time you say it from here on out, starting probably the next episode, I'm a procrastinator, <laughs> so I'm going to push it off to the next time. But every time we hear the phrase people over things, I want people to take a drink and I'm going to add some horns or something. <laughs> Confetti like sounds that, or something. That, uh, yeah. that DJ Envy, like that. Yeah, look, it's true. People are more important than things. Look at all we've talked about, right? In terms of creating a connection, it's always a people connection, right? It's something that that connects with the the human side of the individual, not just some analytical number-driven thing. At the end of the day, when we're talking about moving things to the next level, it's about automating things to make it so that you, the individual, the person with the imagination and the ability to think on the higher level, you're free because of that technology and automation to do that next biggest and, and best thing. And when you're talking about being um, diverse and open, you're talking about welcoming all sorts of people. And in this day and age, if you come down on the side of, oh, I, I have biases against certain people, and I feel like I should, you know, I should be able to treat them differently or I don't have a problem with them being treated differently, then you do have a problem in this day and age. Because if you're trying to do a side hustle, a business, a multi um, a multi international, uh, international global corporation, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. Um, if, if you show yourself to be the type of individual who is uh, potentially a bigot, 
then you will have a whole lot of folks, including myself, who don't want to do business with you. Okay, and are in many cases extremely principled about it and not shy about letting folks know why it is that they won't do business with you. So that's side hustle all the way on up to whatever it is that you're doing. You need to get a hold of yourself and recognize, as I said, I don't hear get ready to sip, that people are more important than things. And so these things that might be uh, tenants in your life or things that you don't agree with about someone else's life that don't affect the way in which they treat you and shouldn't affect the way in which you treat them. And you find yourself somehow in a place where you don't think you can show them the proper type of respect. I just want you to know that you will never achieve at the level you ought to achieve because in this day and age, that information is going to get around and people will know, and there will be people who choose to take their business elsewhere. And that is what is good and great about a market and creates opportunity for that next person. And maybe in some cases because of, um, um, you know, the what people have decided is acceptable and the right thing to do and treating folks with humanity is, is going to lead to some other businesses having less business. And I'm fine with that, too. All right. So at the end of the day, if you are treating people the right way and you treat yourself the right way by uh, uh, treating your business in a, in a manner that allows it to grow and evolve, then, man, there's no telling how um, how high the limit is. The, the limit is the sky because you are doing things in a positive uh, way that is potentially uplifting to all involved. But when you start to operate negatively and you start to be exclusive and you start to be um, bigoted, flat out in the way that you operate and you allow that to permeate your business, you start to make your sector smaller and less effective and less diverse and eventually, potentially and probably in a place where it's worthless. So that's what I Amen. Uh, Mr. Wells. Well, you heard the PhD, so uh, I'll piggyback off that. I'll say this, and it, uh, it starts with understanding, going back to what he said, basic principles. If, if you're in a situation and you don't value the opinions of the people that are your potential customers if you don't respect their ability to make their own choices. Essentially, you are attempting to control them, and that's not going to work well in society. He, uh, Dr. Loving talked a little bit about the fact that, you know, this environment demands that you have a level of respect. And I'll be the first to say, being a uh, a native of Selma, Alabama, I'm very glad that it does because we've come a long way, but we also have a very long way to go. And we do need to demand some respect in terms of understanding choice and the ability for uh, for folks to, to kind of vote with their dollars and their feet. As we look at that, 
I would encourage respective uh, business owners or aspiring business owners, whether that's in the in the face of uh, having a hustle today and wanting to transfer that into something greater at some point, to really understand what that means and to think about the responsibility that you have once you make that transition. Because for a lot of us in those realms, there's no one to have those conversations to talk about the uh, political correctness that needs to be associated with having a brand or a business that's out front and that's uh, responsive to a multicultural group of people, especially if your demographic is one area or another. So I would, uh, I would want to open ourselves to be an avenue for those folks regardless of geography to come to, but specifically for areas that struggle with those things. And then finally, I say this. We, we have come a, a, a extremely long way as a society and as a people, but race equality and diversity is probably going to be the leading conversation for the next 10 20 years because we've always avoided the hard truths that are associated with it. If you are a business, a hustle or a brand, if you want to get in here, get ahead in this environment, confront that truth. Now deal with race, gender, ethnicity, on the front let your supporters know how you feel about it what you're willing to do to meet them where they are about it and then just do just that author meet them where they are sometimes we think we need to have a grand gesture but sometimes we just need to start because a lot of us think that we have and we really haven't we essentially just need to start Let's start the process of healing one step at a time by doing the things that are requisite to be culturally responsive to the people who want to support us. A series of pep talks is is <laughs> what this is, man. You know, that's that's all it is. This is I I, I said to. I say it I say it often on here, but I say it all the time when I'm talking to Dr. Love and the DJ and, you know, other people that are part of our power circle and strategic partnerships is a lot of times when we talking and I say it for us, we talking to ourselves. We you know, we admitted that we are, you know, procrastinators to a sense. So a lot of this is us just talking to ourselves. But um I say all that to say we appreciate all of y'all for listening. Um, I appreciate both my both my co-hosts for joining me as usual on this. And please stay tuned to the after show where, if you don't know, you won't know. It's where we take a more in-depth uh, dive into the topic and, uh, you know, become more of ourselves, <laughs> if you will. Uh, but, 
you can find us at our respective uh, internet domains, Dr. Loving, PhD. You can find him at ajamuloving.com. Uh, Destrian Wells can be found at dwellsconsulting.com. Now, myself <laughs> can be found at mmbbgw.com. Be sure that you are following the Brethren Podcast on Instagram. That's at Brethren Pod. B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N-P-O-D. Once again, that's at Brethren Pod on Instagram and Facebook. B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N-P-O-D. Uh, but this, uh, this, 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 we're going to wrap this, this episode up. And, uh, you know, like we said, we always throw out a lot of points and stuff in the outline where, you know, we may not hit all the points. Uh, but it's to get the conversation going. It's that push. It's that pep talk uh, for us. And uh, if you if you don't remember, rewind the episode, go back and listen to Doc's outline because it may be some necessary stuff that you can take within that outline that we didn't cover. We may cover it in the after show. Who knows? We may cover it in another episode. You know, like like DJ said, and we always say, we're doing this for y'all. It's a series of pep talk for ourselves and for you. Thank you for listening. It's been another episode of the Brethren Podcast. Stay tuned for the after show. <laughs>